in the US, you really want to be, have bold, big claims, be straight to the point and have like, this device will help you sleep within eight minutes. And here's <laughs> this famous athlete using it in his morning routine. Like seven minute it. abs. Yeah. Like seven minute abs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. It, 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 that is what, because you, you're competing with a very noisy advertisement market where it's in the Netherlands, it's, it's much more down to earth and just saying, okay, this device may help you sleep better. Here's a real user sharing a sort of okay story. And that's what's credible. So, you know, what works here or what, what got you here doesn't get you there. And that's, <laughs> we burned a lot of cash. That's Julian Martin, the founder of Somnox, which is a revolutionary product that helps people sleep better. But before Julian created Somnox, he had a brief music career. In fact, one of the songs he co-produced made it to the top 40 of the Dutch pop charts. That's right, he's a rock star slash startup founder. Join me for some laughs because this is a good one as Julian shares his life journey while also talking about the hurdles he's had to overcome in growing Somnox. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. As you listen, you can find me on LinkedIn at Eric Melcher. Tag me, say hello, let me know that you're listening. And now let's talk with Julian. Julius, who de morphine, heb jayen, who de natrust? Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what yeah. that meant. <laughs> I figured you wouldn't. I tried practicing for a little while and I was like, I, I don't think he's going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was trying to ask you, did you have a good night's sleep? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had, <laughs> I'm not sure what language that was, but I did. <laughs> okay. The Dutch language is much, much more difficult than other languages I've, I've tried practicing much more difficult than French, for example. So I need to keep practicing on this. <laughs> Oh, that, that was Dutch. That was, that was, I was trying to speak Dutch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who they, yeah. Who they morphine? Does, does that good morning or no? It sounded like a, a very strange alien language, to be honest. But no, if you would say it in Dutch, it was Goeiemorgen, heb je lekker geslapen. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I'm going to go visit there for a couple of weeks. And so I, I definitely have a lot of practice to do, or I'll just maybe try, you know, sign language or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and start practicing with the Goeiemorgen, gaat alles goed. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The hardest thing to get to, to get in the right shape. Yeah. yeah, like something is stuck in your throat or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, Julian, first question for you. What are one or two interesting things about you that most people don't know, Julian? Uh, yeah, so I had little time to think about that question, but the, the first thing that comes to mind is that I almost went into a musical career versus the path I'm on right now. Like I used to play guitar. I was in a, a school band and we actually did quite well. We had, we even were in the, in the charts in the Netherlands for one week. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. And that was when I was 16 or 15 years old and I really was, okay, I'm going to be a rock star. And then I found. No, not really. I, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I actually want to invent things and, and like making music is nice, but it was, I found it was so much more about marketing than it was about making proper music. So I guess that's a big fact that not a lot of people know, actually. What yeah. was the song though? Was it a pop song? Was it a rock yeah. and roll? I mean, yeah, you can, you can look it up on Spotify. It's like sort of Jason Mraz meets John Mayer meets Red Hot Chili Peppers into one song. <laughs> The, yeah. the band was called Julian and May, and one of the, the popular songs was called Pixie Dance, which is a made-up name. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, yeah. I'm going to include that in the show notes. Okay? Yeah, yeah, so, you could. You could. You can hear my guitar skills <laughs> when I was 15. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I got to tell you, I don't think I've had a guest on the show who's had a song in, in the charts. Yeah. You know, was, was a musician, musician, serious musician. The Dutch and, charts. Uh, so not oh, yeah. at, on, on the on the 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 fortieth place, which is the minimum amount you need to hit for one week. So don't, don't expect <laughs> it to be to be huge, right? <laughs> yeah, but still, but still, all right. Yeah. That is fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I'm also curious to know if you are an early to bed and early to rise type person. Oh yeah, my sweet spot is like between ten and ten thirty p.m. And I wake up around 7 a.m., 6.30 a.m. So that really gets me into my the, my biological circadian rhythm that works for me the best. Like I've tried so many sleep schedules, but that one brings me the, my, the most recovery. Okay, okay. Enjoy it while you, while you can before you have kids, because that would be a different story. Yeah, I've <laughs> been told. I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, where, where did you grow up and how did that shape your view? Of, of the world, Julian? Um, I grew up here in the Netherlands. I'm as Dutch as they come. And I think how it changed my view is, you know, the Netherlands, I, I had a great youth here. I mean, I, I had friends to play with. I had proper education. Like I've, I really felt like I got, I'm, I'm so privileged, so to say, to, to live here. And I started realizing that when I started traveling the world, that being here in the Netherlands as a well, not, not to get into a whole diversity conversation here, but realizing that being, you know, being a male born in the Netherlands, you are like born in easy mode, so to say, right? You get all the opportunities, which so many people do not get. So how it changed my view, I would say, is that being born and raised there is like a huge privilege in a way. And, 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 and I always felt like I should use that fact, which I, you know, got at random. I didn't ask for it to, to do good to the world and, and let that, that opportunity, the fact that I can go to university, the fact that I am healthy, that I have a family and so forth is, is something to use and, and help others that do not get that from the beginning, just because where you are born. So yeah, that is what makes me. Yeah. Yeah. There's always these annual surveys that say like, what are the happiest cities in the world? And uh, always in the top three are Amsterdam or, or the Netherlands for children. Like what are the happiest places to raise a child? And I've always just thought, well, of course they're happy. Kids are happy there because they're riding a bicycle all the time. Right. And who doesn't like to like to ride a bicycle? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could very well be the case. Yeah. <laughs> it is lovely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine so. Now, I know some of the story behind this, but for the audience, can you tell us what was the inspiration behind Somnox? And uh, can you tell us also what, what does it do as well? Yeah, for sure. So with Somnox, we help the world sleep better with in the innovation we came up with in my time at the University of Technology in Delft, which is sort of like the MIT of the Netherlands, if you will. And I was a, well, I was always fascinated by robotics. So, you know, Star Wars, Transformers, I would have C-3PO and R2-D2 as pop star posters in my bedroom rather than, you know, the big movie stars. So actually during the time building robotics in the university, my family member was heavily suffering from sleep deprivation, taking sleeping pills, and I could really see the significant impact it had on the quality 
of her life, like her mental health and, and, and physical health would be in a decline as a result of a lack of sleep. So as a, as a robotics engineer, I started looking for answers in science and technology if there could be some sleep aid that is able to cope with insomnia. And that's where Somnox was founded, where we found the power of breathing or, or breath work to influence the autonomic nervous system, where many people that suffer from insomnia are always on, like they're in this anxious rat race within their heads and they can't fall asleep. And our device basically slows down your breathing pace, which calms down your nerves and making it easier to fall into sleep. And, and that's, yeah, what we came up with, what we have been creating, prototyping and developing over the years into what it is today. A consumer sleep company helping thousands of people achieve sleep naturally. Okay, so Julian, I went to the website and I was expecting to find, you know, maybe it's this fancy pillow or this nice mattress that has all of this technology. But I was very shocked to see what I saw because it is something that's very different than I think that's on the marketplace. And so we'll get into that in just a second. But based on the research that you did, how, how, how many people are affected by insomnia or just bad sleep? Is there like a, a, a percentage like worldwide, like for adults? I, I have no idea, but I'm guessing maybe 10 to 20% or do you have any idea? Well, you, you, you guess quite accurately. So it depends per country, actually. Like sleep is very cultural. If you look at the United States, for example, it's one out of three people that reports yeah. sleep issues. So that's 33% of the population. And it's, you know, especially women in their menopause period, that's like statistically speaking, the worst sleeper from an age perspective. But it's, it's a huge part of society that is suffering from sleep deprivation. At least one out of three in the US. Here in Europe, it's one out of five. So apparently we do sleep a little better. <laughs> that's, that explains why my wife sleeps much better. She's European. And I'm American. Go. I we have this app that we once did years ago, and it it basically tracked the sleep pattern, and she gets much deeper sleep over yeah. longer periods than I do. And it was something absurd, like eighty percent of her sleep is really good or deep sleep. I can't recall exactly. And for me, it was just around fifty-five or sixty percent. And I suffered from insomnia about ten years ago, and had to take this pill, this medication called melatonin. Yep. I'm not sure if they have it in Europe. And it was the worst experience because even though I was able to fall asleep into a deep sleep, I had these really awful nightmares. Yeah. And so I think I only took the pill for about a week because every night was just a really bad nightmare. And I, I didn't want to experience that anymore. Finally, I got over insomnia. It was basically a, a job that I had, particularly my, my direct supervisor who was just giving me hell. And once I left the company, I was able to start sleeping better. But you're, you're probably accurate there. One in three Americans probably do suffer from sleep. And I imagine that trend is going to continue, especially that we're bombarded with all the, the electronics, like our smartphone, we're laying down and we've got it like this, 10 inches from our head. And, you know, we just don't know how to turn things off sometimes and really prepare ourselves for a good night's sleep. And uh, so, so you, you, your mom is suffering from insomnia. Instead of thinking about medication, you thought, I'm an industrial engineer, right? I'm going to combine hardware and technology. But there must have been like an aha moment for you, Julian, where you thought, yeah. let, let, me, let me try something here. What, do you recall yeah. that moment when it was? 
So I was very much inspired by soft robotics in particular when I saw the movie Big Hero 6 from Disney's Pixar. I'm not sure if you are familiar with that one. Like there's this robot called Baymax and it's a marshmallow nursing robotic. It's very huggable and very snuggly and, you know, the snuggle is real. So (laughs) what I found was I wanted to have a soft robotic deal with insomnia. And when I read a paper about holding on to a baby on your chest and the so-called mirroring effect. So if you feel a breathing pace, you will subconsciously adjust your own breathing pace accordingly. And in that way, you can basically magically influence one's breathing. So what if I could make, I actually have it right here, sort of a baby (laughs) that's gently breathing on your chest up and down and then slowing down your breathing pace to get you to calm down where first is being anxious and stressed and the things that so often keep us awake. We made prototypes based on those two concepts. So having a soft robotic that would breathe like a baby. And we tested it with my family members, but also with other sleep deprived people. And that's where we really found, wow, it's something that's actually working. People are appreciating it and asking if they can buy it. And it was just a prototype, just a university project. But that's when we were like, aha, okay, we really have something here. We got a, a patent and, and that's when we started the business to say, okay, we need to bring this to the market and not leave it to collect dust in a university basement. <laughs> okay. This was about seven years ago, more or less, Julian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about how you went to the market, your go-to market plan. What was that first like? Did you just concentrate regionally or did you focus on a website? Yeah, so we tried so many things because as you can imagine, the product is so strange and new. It's a new product in a new market. So we didn't know what channels like sales channels or marketing channels were appropriate. And at first we thought, okay, it might be mattress stores or Amazon or big retail, like electronic retail stores. We've been in all of them and we found actually none of it really worked. (laughs) So our go-to-market strategy initially was to launch a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign to accept pre-orders from all the people that have been sending their interest, saying, hey, I want to buy this, I want to get rid of my sleeping pills, and and use basically their interest into the first financing and sales of, our, of the product. And that was a success. We raised around 300K, I believe, at the time. And that's, yeah, enabled us to go from a prototype into a product we could manufacture Over the years, by testing and adapting marketing and sales channels, we found that actually a direct-to-consumer method is probably the only way to properly educate potential customers about the story, how it works, why it works, to provide quality customer support. Like, it's not an incremental innovation here. It's really a zero-to-one type of company. So we need to build the product from zero-to-one, but also the sales and distribution side. It needs to be in our own, yeah, our control, yeah. but that's super hard. So that's why taking a lot of time to, yeah, to, to get it to the proper growth uh, that we anticipate. After a quick break, Julian talks about how they burned a lot of cash with the wrong advertisements in the U.S. and the future of their company. Hey, in case you didn't know, the Innovators Can Laugh newsletter comes out every Thursday. You find out which startup founders are coming on the show, along with links to posts I found interesting on the web, my best dad jokes, 
quotes from Napoleon to Chris Rock, and my thoughts and strategies on what I am doing to live a rich life filled with happiness as a Texas expat living in Europe. Sign up for the newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com. Welcome back to my conversation with Julian. I wanted to learn more about how he's been able to grow Somnox, so I asked him how they have been able to get traction. I saw one of the strategies that currently you guys are trying is a 30-day free trial. Is that something new or is that something that you guys have been using now for, for a while and it seems to be working with, with prospects and con customers? Yeah, I think you have to, right? You need to have a guarantee that is so good people yeah, feel stupid saying no. So indeed, we offer a 30-night trial. So if it doesn't work, you don't pay. You only pay if you actually improve your sleep. But we're actually already onto a new business model here in the Netherlands. So maybe you haven't seen that yet, but we're, we're transitioning into a sleep as a service model. So you're not buying our product. You're actually like renting the product for a monthly fee of 30 bucks a month. And that enables better sleep. So we want to make it much more accessible. So not just buying a product that's 500 euros or dollars and then having a 30 night trial, but renting it for the period that you need it. And if it doesn't work, you can send it back. So that's a, a model where we as a company win, but the customer wins as well. Like we get recurring revenue and the customer gets to get started with premium technology for a low amount per month. So that's where we are envisioning the future of the company. We're still okay. tweaking around with the go-to-market. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up for that. I definitely want to try this because sleep is something, good sleep is something that I've always had difficulty with. So I definitely want to try this. 30 day, you know, experience it. And if you like it, continue it type model. And okay. So you, you, you started this seven years ago and tell us about like where the customers coming from right now is, are you getting customers from one particular region or are you global yep. right now, Julian? So we are available in Europe and North America, yet all our marketing efforts currently are here in the Netherlands and Belgium, simply because of the capital markets. You know, we really want to be a profitable company and grow very steadily in a sustainable way. So the majority, I would say 70% of our customers are here in the Netherlands and then 30% is divided across Europe and the United States of America. Yeah. Okay. What challenges, obviously I'm sure there were many, yeah. but what are the ones that stick out in memory that when you were guys were launching Somnox, what were they and, and how did you overcome them? Oh, there are so many, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's, a, there's a thousand. I would say one of the things that really stood out was underestimating how hard it is to actually bring a product to the market. Like, it's very easy to create a prototype and, and show like, all right, this seems to work, but then bringing it to a replicable quality product that you can ship all over the world with all the regulations, certifications, customer expectations, is so hard. Like there were so many moments where, for example, you know, certification issues, certification issues came up and we had to change some parts of the product from the beginning, whereas we were supposed to start shipping in a week from now. So there was a huge delay on <laughs> shipping our pre-orders for almost a year. So customers were complaining, we were running out of cash and that was just, oh, that, that was running off a, a cliff, it felt like. Yeah, and there, there's all these other challenges, right? Like going internationally, we haven't heavily underestimated the importance of cultural nuances. Like think global, but act local is something I, I, I learned the hard way. 
the way we need to market the product is so much different in the US than we need to market it here in the Netherlands. And you can... How's, how's, how so? Like, what's the different value proposition or messaging? Just the whole positioning of the products, I suppose. So, you know, in the US, you really want to be, have bold, big claims, be straight to the point and have like, this device will help you sleep within eight minutes. And here's <laughs> this famous athlete using it in his morning routine. Like seven minute it. abs. Yeah. Like seven minute abs, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. It, 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 that is what, because you, you're competing with a very noisy advertisement market where it's in the Netherlands, it's, it's much more down to earth and just saying, okay, this device may help you sleep better. Here's a real user sharing a sort of okay story. And that's what's credible. So, you know, what works here or what, what got you here doesn't get you there. And that's, we burned a lot of cash with the wrong advertisements and, 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 and that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm laughing, Julian, because I'm a little bit of aware of the guests on the show because, you know, I speak to founders from Lithuania, Bulgaria, Romania, Dutch, French, and, and I, there's always a little bit of difference in the cultural <laughs> nuances. Okay. So this is quite fascinating. Now, how long does it take for somebody can expect to see a noticeable difference in their sleep? I mean, there's a 30-day yep. free trial, so I'm imagining it's happening yep. within 30 days. Yeah, you should see an improvement within two weeks. You know, most people expect a magic bullet, like a one-night wonder. It's <laughs> definitely not like that. Everything, when it comes to health, takes time. And everything that claims to be instant, you should be skeptical. <laughs> I could or it's chemical and then it's artificially putting you to sleep. So we say 14 nights are required to really adapt to this device, right? It's yeah. something you need to get used to, to hold on to it. It is sort of like a pillow or teddy bear, teddy bear that you're hugging and that's different. So just like going to the gym and if you wanna, you know, build muscle, you need to go to the gym at least six weeks to start seeing a little difference. And the same goes for sleep it's it's about habit forming and and taking the time to to get there yeah and for those listening catch the video you'll see julian hugging the somnox pillow and or just go to the website and you can see it as well <laughs> yeah yeah okay so what are you excited about for the next year do you have any big plans particularly yeah so as i already sort of tapped into is the rollout of this sleep as a surface like i really feel that is the future of our company so not selling products, but selling sleep. And then not just having the device as part of the subscription, but also heavily focusing on the app itself. So we created an app that connects with the device and then you can see your sleep data. You can get coaching during the day. And we're actually partnering up with insurance companies to also partly reimburse the product. So it becomes more accessible. And I think that's truly exciting because we move away from being a purely direct sales model consumer gadget towards a serious sleep solution that's more complete and more accessible than ever through authorities like insurance companies. So that's what we're moving toward. And I'm very excited about that because yeah, yeah we can help so much more people than selling a premium device only. So yeah, that's what, yeah. what is exciting me. All right. Crazy idea here. I don't know why it popped into my head, but it would be so cool if airlines offer their first class passengers the opportunity to use a Somnex during their, uh, their flight. Yeah. That would well, we, we <laughs> might be, be in, in, in the meetings that are about that okay. topic. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's not yeah. a crazy idea. <laughs> it's not a crazy idea. No, no. It's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
What advice would you give to other entrepreneurs that are looking to break into an entirely, what would you call this? I mean, a, a, a new a new market? Like you said, you're going from zero to one. It's an entirely new product out there. Don't plan. <laughs> you know, just just go out there and, and execute. I think one of the hardest things as an entrepreneur is to be predictable in an unpredictable market. And, you know, that's something with an existing market and an existing proven product, but especially with a new market and a new product, which is the most riskiest type of business you can have, just don't expect you can predict or plan anything. So I would say if I were like having a time machine and, and go to me six years ago, it would be, yeah, go with the flow and don't be so strict on yourself on saying, okay, I need to be there in one year and set that as a strict goal because you just can't. There will be so many roadblocks and you, it's much more powerful to be super agile and being able to be dynamic and move quickly and, and listen to the market and get that feedback from actual users holding the product in their hand than thinking you can predict the future because you can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And because your background is in engineering, it, was there a key hire, a key person that you hired on your team that really played a key role in, in getting traction for the, for the business? Yeah, I would definitely say the commercial roles. So, you know, as a founding team, we are all engineers and we love to think in systems and one plus one is two, and that's great for building products and doing finance and so on, but it's not so great for marketing. And I dare to say that marketing is more important than, than products. <laughs> like in the end, marketing is, is what drives sales and sales is what makes a company run. And obviously you need a good product to, to make money, but a great product doesn't sell itself. And I always right. thought it would. Like if you make a great product, you don't need advertisements. People will just tell it to one another. That doesn't work that way. <laughs> like you have to be crazy. You need to be there every day every minute telling the story and, you know, having these marketing people come in that truly understood that and were able to, to craft the right messaging and position the product in such a way that it resonated with our target audience. That was the moment we started to become an actual business versus a couple of nerds building robots. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What is the marketing team focusing on? Which channels has worked well for them? Is it something specific like Facebook ads or maybe yeah. SEO or, or something else? Yeah, we tested so many channels, but I suppose in the end, paid advertisements on Google and Facebook are the most predictable, right? Because, okay. you know, SEO and organic marketing and social media selling, you know, that, it's all nice, but it's just, you can't really build a company on it. It feels like it's too, it brings you boosts and peaks in sales, but it doesn't really build over time. So, so far, indeed, we've been on doing online marketing funnels with paid ads. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, Julian, now time for the rapid fire question. So here we go. Just give me the first answer that comes to your, to mind here. First one is $25,000 cash or dinner with Tony Robbins. Uh, I would say dinner with Tony Robbins. Okay. Yeah. Right, next, next question. What is the number one strategy you use? to prioritize your time? Uh, I have a calendar that I am very strict in building in time blocks. So just like putting in meetings, I'm putting in focus time so that I can actually work and I, people can't book anything. And that's like sort of my navigator uh, during the day. 
And only when I can say like, hell yeah, that's when I do it. And all the maybe or mediocre things I try to cancel as much as possible. All right. Hey, I'm glad you came on the podcast then. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I thought, hell yeah, this, this seems cool. So let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. The most interesting thing you did in the last 26 days, Julian. I gave a, a keynote to an audience of around 4,000 people last week yeah. in, in one of the biggest stages here in the Netherlands. And that was like, it was really, I was quite scared to go on stage, but it was so cool. Eric, there was this light show and there were a lot of big CEOs um, from the Netherlands and Belgium. And I got to pitch my product for the, the crowdfunding campaign we're actually doing right now. So yeah, that right. was really exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you do a lot of speaking, at least that's what I saw from your LinkedIn profile. So yeah, but 4,000 4, audience is a bit different than, you know, speaking in, you know, in front of dozens or hundreds of people every yeah. time. So I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, this was probably my biggest audience yet. And also the most high profile audience, like the, the, the stakes were high. Yeah. But luckily it went well and it's, it's something I want to do more. <laughs> All right. Good for you. Biggest mistake you won't make again in regards to building Sumnox. Growing too fast and burning too much cash. Like focus on profitability sooner and, and stay away from vanity metrics like amount of employees or awards won or VC money raised. Like that doesn't matter at all. In the end, it's all about helping a customer and being profitable in a sustainable way without getting distracted. Like, you know, I think there's this quote, like comparison is the, the, the kiss of death or something. And, and I feel like yeah, being a startup yeah. founder, you are always looking around like, oh, I need to have more employees. Oh, I want to have that award. Oh, I need to rate, raise $10 million. No, you don't. That's not cool. What's much cooler is having a company that is sustainable and is helping actual people with actual problems. And I feel like I have been distracted by these other things because that's just what the public sort of appreciates more. Yeah. But don't, don't get fooled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is so good. I mean, everything that you're saying here is so applicable, I think, to anybody, to any entrepreneur out there, because we do see the shiny object syndrome, whether that's you know, a new, a new tour, like you said, I want to have more employees or I want to get that award or that recognition when at the end of the day, you know, your job is not to play startup. Your job is to grow a healthy business. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Last question for you. Instead of stock options and bonuses for your employees, you now give new hires blank. Hmm. Well, in our case, we like focus very much on quality sleep. So first of all, everyone gets their own Somnox, <laughs> but we also get to start our day like later in the morning to appreciate the, whether you are a morning or an evening person. So we get to have a sleep as a priority company culture. So we do not expect you to send emails at 11 PM. Like we, we were actually tell you not to do that because it ruins the quality of sleep. So. I would say that is definitely something and a workation, like going on a holiday with the team and, 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 and going abroad, being creative once a year is definitely something that is much more appreciated. I found over the years than having a bonus or yeah, that sort of stuff. All right. Very cool. Thank you, Julian, for being on Innovators Can Laugh. Where can people learn more about you, Julian? Yeah. So they can learn more about me, like pretty much Googling Julian Jachtenberg or follow me on social media. LinkedIn is probably the, the channel I'm most active on. 
And for the company, somnox.com. So that's S-O-M-N-O-X.com. And yeah. yeah, you can follow us on social media for sleep improvement tips as well. Hey, don't forget Spotify. You got to send me the link so I can include it in the show notes for everybody who wants to hear your, your, yeah. top, 40, your top 40 hit. For sure. For <laughs> sure. I will. I will. All right. And for those listening, before you get on with the rest of your day, I want you to hear something. You are awesome. Yes, you. Now, you may be saying, come on, Eric, you just had Julian on the show. He's a rock star. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> In addition, he's created something that helps improve the well-being and sleep for thousands of people all over the world. And while that may be true, if you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, a startup, whatever you want to call yourself, you are one of a very small percentage of human beings that have the courage and vision to go out and create something new, taking an idea and trying to make it a reality. And that is pretty amazing, which makes you awesome. All right. Have a wonderful day and I'll see you on the next episode. I had a wonderful time chatting with Julian. I find it fascinating that he wasn't tempted to go down a path that I think 99% of other people would have followed having experienced some success. And I'm talking about trying to make it in the music industry. And instead, he created something that could help his mom who was suffering for what many people, including myself, suffer on a daily basis. So hats off to him. If you want to learn more about Somnox, go to somnox.com. Links to all of this are in the show notes. Thank you to Julian for being on the show. And I look forward to seeing you this summer in the Netherlands and actually trying out one of your devices. If you like this episode, send me a note on LinkedIn. Let me know that you're listening and subscribe on Apple or Spotify.